Mr. Mystery Guest. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Unless you want to open a front door for me. Uh, no, I'm afraid not. But you have me at a loss. You know my name, but who are you? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Another orphan of a bankrupt culture who thinks he's John Wayne, Rambo, Marshall Dillon. I was always kind of partial to Roy Rogers, actually. I really like those sequined shirts. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, mother... Hey, what is up, all you tots out there? Welcome back to another episode of the Rotten Pea, RP, Rotten Potatoes, whatever you want to call it. My name is Scott, and I'm here with three acquaintances of mine where we review movies that you absolutely should have seen already. What's up? I'm Tyler. I'm Zach. I'm Jake. No, uh, there's no quip from you about how we're uh, Nah, I just, just it, friends. Hurt, it hurt too much. This time it just hurt too much. Yeah, to like you, I, I was looking at you. Because I was going to say something, but then I just got sad. Did we make eye contact when I said the word acquaintance? We did. Yeah. I did that on purpose. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to start calling you by the uh, wrong name every once in a while, just to make sure that you know that I don't really care. So I'm not too chummy with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> little Ron Swanson I, for you. I think that Jake might be a little too like personal. Maybe you could just a little too familiar. Jacob. Mr. Kuznicki. <laughs> <laughs> Jake a little more Kuz. professional. Yeah, I, I can start that if you'd like. No, I, I would hate that. Okay. <laughs> well, in case you didn't realize, we are reviewing Die Hard today. And that is the only yippee Kaye that we get to hear. I was kind of bummed. No, isn't there a second one at the end? Mm-mm. I thought when uh, he uh, finally confronts Han, Hans and Hans has his uh, uh, has Holly. Oh, Hans says yippee Kaye. I think. Okay. Hans does say it once. Yeah. yeah. I just, I thought, I I mean, obviously, late bloomer here. I thought that was his catchphrase. Well, it is in that it's in <laughs> that like 12 times. Yeah, I just wanted to, do, I wanted to say it someone, the whole time. Yeah. Most people don't have catchphrases. Yeah, but action, action stars can have catchphrases. Uh, I, other than Steven Seagal. <laughs> what is uh, Seagal's? Chippy, 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 chippy. <laughs> <laughs> his catchphrase is actually just like shoveling food into his mouth. <laughs> I've been doing that for like 38 years. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, it, it is his catchphrase in that it is in every single Die Hard movie. Uh, and there's only one in which you don't hear the F word. I mean, I cut it off similar to how they cut it off in uh, Live Free or Die Hard. Yeah, we'll have to talk to Dan about whether we can actually like do the full sound clip or not. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, and a good call would be for us to call Dan. Yeah. Uh, let us know if you want us to include Dan. In, yeah. In more of our podcasts. Yeah. Let us know. I know that you don't know who he is, but <laughs> he's our HR guy. He's our HR guy. He's our uh, talent booker. Yeah. He's our, he's doing a bang up job. He we really, need, we really just need to hear from one person who's not Dan to tell <laughs> us like, Hey, I want to hear more Dan and then we'll do it. We'll, hey, or we'll any Dan. of his blood relatives. Yeah. We'll, we'll sprinkle some Dan in this, uh, in this magic sauce yeah. that we've got going on. We have on. some ideas. We around. should probably see if he even wants no. to do he it. Dan Dan calls calls right now. He's yeah. calling me right now and he's like, please put me in your We podcast. pay his salary. Yeah. yeah right. We pay his salary. Yeah. Uh, From all that sweet, sweet ad revenue. By the way, today's episode is brought to you by <laughs> Great Value Mountain Trail Mix. 
<laughs> if uh, you need uh, some uh, a nice little pick me up, uh, but don't want to pay uh, for the, those premium prices that so many of those brands charge, mm-hmm. check out Great Value Mountain Trail Mix, offered in a family size, made with M and M's uh, registered trademark milk chocolate candies. Yep, only 140 calories per serving. Can we send a bill to Walmart? <laughs> <laughs> If you find yourself just going on a, a road trip up to uh, Sequoia with one of your best friends and you want something to snack on, Great Value Mountain Trail Mix is the snack for you. Are we going to talk more about trail mix? Then? <laughs> because like, I feel like it's like if we talk about movies, okay, but we can't just talk about trail mix and not the movie. No, but that was our ad copy. Yeah, we we have have to, that's how we get paid. I don't understand. How, how do you work? think we pay for Dan? <laughs> Dan's getting paid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought he was the intern. <laughs> No, no, he's Dan, our head of HR. Dan he's gets the biggest check out of all of us. I've been really mean to Dan just because I thought he was below me. No. <laughs> you he's should basically ask, your boss. Asking yeah. him for coffee. Like, <laughs> like don't, don't look me in the eyes. <laughs> and that's Die Hard. Thank you guys for chiming in today. Give me K.A. <laughs> well, a little bit of just the facts about this movie. Uh, this was re- uh, directed by John McTiernan, uh, written by Stephen E. DeSouza. Uh, this was released on July 15th, 1988, which is hilarious that it's become like the non-Christmas Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite Christmas movie. But it was released in the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It takes place in, in December. You would yeah. think like it takes place it's on Christmas. It's Christmas Eve, isn't it? Yeah, Christmas Eve. Uh-huh. You would think that they would have released it on or around Christmas. I think we'll have to do a poll too about whether people think this is a Christmas movie or not. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm in the nay. You're in the no. I'm I in the think yay. This is a Christmas. You're movie. in the yay. I don't think that Definitely. just because yippee ki yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like That's I how mean, the poll should be is no or yippee ki yay. Is every Harry Potter movie a Christmas movie because they have a Christmas scene? Yeah, pretty much. They get played like every December what? on ABC Family. They get played every weekend on ABC Family. What qualifies something as a Christmas movie? I think it has to be about Christmas. I don't. I think I, I mean very I, few things are about Christmas. I mean, like, like <laughs> I mean, is, is Home Alone a Christmas movie? Because it's not about Christmas. That's interesting like, because they do play Home Alone in July on like AMC. Well, yeah, like, we don't know if there's that. a single movie I've seen that is like the origin story of Christmas. No, I mean, like Besides, it's just like 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 centered around the holiday, like Christmas Carol. story. Christmas story is well, about Christmas and like this Christmas that this kid is having, Ralphie. Yeah, yeah, this is about the Christmas the that John McClane was having. John McClane was having. It's, it's, it's got Christmas. nothing to do with Christmas. It's everything to do with terrorists. <laughs> they weren't terrorists. They were simple bank robbers. It really has a lot to do with Christmas. Really, like he's there for Christmas. Exceptional I thought bank that, robbers. I thought that he was there to steal a Horcrux for Voldemort. <laughs> So this movie did 139 million in box <laughs> office on a 25 million dollar budget. Uh, the other guys gave this an 80 percent, and IMDb gave it a 7.8. Uh, it won no Academy Awards, but it was nominated for Best Sound Mixing, Best Visual Effects, Best Film Editing, and Best Sound Editing. Hmm. Sound editing twice, huh? No, sound mixing and sound editing. I think you said sound editing a couple times. I would say... I said film editing uh, once, sound mixing once. Fil- film sound and sound editing. came What right would you say, Zach? Other. I would say that this is more of a Christmas movie than Harry Potter. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't know. We'll leave it up to you fans. What about this version Pots? of Elf? Here's the thing. In Harry Potter, there's, <laughs> no. scenes, there's scenes where they're doing Christmas festivities. They're pulling crackers. 
Yeah, they like, are in this too. They're, they're having, having a Christmas, Christmas party, <laughs> but it, it doubles up because they had a big, a good year or something. It, they, it was a double party. It wasn't even just a Christmas party. <laughs> that negates yeah. the Christmas. It wasn't even just a Christmas party. Double party just means more joy. <laughs> Christmas joy. No, He's there there's Christmas, Christmas joy if it, and there's business. If joy. it wasn't Christmas, he wouldn't be in the movie. That's correct. He couldn't have just been visiting this his wouldn't kids. Have, this wouldn't no. have happened without Christmas. Like, like, but if he could have been visiting his kids. And just then terrorists came. But he was visiting because of Christmas. Because of Christmas. <laughs> All right. I, I, I'm i just going to I'm gonna agree to disagree on this one. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Well, but Todd's, we do want to hear what you yep. think. So we are going to drop a poll at Rotten Potato Pod on Instagram. Let us know nay or on the Christmas or yippee ki yay. Uh, Scott, you nominated this movie. How come? Mm-hmm. What's your, what are your, why do you like this movie? Uh, this is uh, a movie... I was going to say that I would just sit down and watch on Saturdays, but it's not really not. I've probably only seen this just Saturdays in three December. or four times. Uh, yeah, it's just Saturdays in December as I'm watching Christmas movies. This is one of the ones I throw on. <laughs> uh, no, it's just, uh, I, I feel like a, a very um, well-known movie and I was surprised to see it on the list and I was like, oh, I like that movie and that would be a fun one to review. I uh, had also seen the movie and uh, I, I like it a lot. I, I, I've always liked Die Hard. The first one, though, is is probably the most like critically acclaimed, but not my favorite. My favorite is Die Hard Three with Samuel uh, L. Jackson, Samuel. and uh, Jeremy Irons is the villain. I, the I brother just, of Hans. Yeah, yeah, I like it a lot. His name is Hans Irons. Yes, oh, I missed that. <laughs> Hans uh, Gruber Irons. It's uh, uh, he was pretty hyphenated. Yeah. Hyphenated. He took uh, his wife's name. Yeah. <laughs> this was. Uh, you, Jake and Zach were both late bloomers on this, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's hear it. Go for it, Jake. I um I liked it. I like. I feel like uh, I watch a lot of these '80s movies that are classics, and I don't get it. And this was not one of them. I I, I think it took a bit like to pick up, but once yeah. it picked up, I I had a fun time. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I uh, I don't think it's any secret that I'm not really a fan of like action movies. I don't usually like them, and I like kind of loved this one actually interesting yeah i just thought it was a ton of fun i thought it it was almost kind of charming in a weird way if mm. that makes sense like it had just kind of like, like a just bloody feet and stuff yeah yeah, yeah that, like uh, it's like this has to be quentin's favorite movie yeah yeah um but no i liked it even from the get-go like i was invested pretty quickly into the movie um <clears throat> yeah. what was it that bought you in like that I think, I mean, I think one thing that I did really like about this movie was John McClane isn't this over the top, like too powerful action hero mm-hmm. He's who just like, a regular cannot guy. be stopped. He yeah. spends a lot of the time like on the run and like, yeah. hiding and, and he, he makes multiple mistakes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I really liked that. Um, I liked that it didn't, it, I felt like it, uh, it walked like this great line in that it didn't take itself too seriously. There was a lot of like kind of funny, like mm-hmm. fun, silly moments, but then it didn't lean too much into that either. It kind of walked this like perfect balance of both of that. Um, not gonna lie. I thought the fact that it was kind of Christmassy added to the charm a little bit. Um, hence why I kind of considered it a Christmas movie. Uh, I just really liked all the characters. I think honestly though, um, Hans Gruber probably played the biggest part in me liking this as much as mm-hmm. I did more than Argyle. I loved Argyle. Argyle is my favorite character. Yeah, I loved him. Uh, this I, is my movie. Who's Argyle? 
Bill Murray Driver. Oh, okay, that's right, that's right. Yeah. I, sorry, I'm bad with names. I love just how long he was willing to sit in that garage. I know, yeah. He was having such a good time. He wasn't bored he, <laughs> until like four or five hours in. <laughs> he was never bored. Then he was just scared because <laughs> yeah. he didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Just listening to music, like just talking to that stuffed phone. animal. Yeah. But, no, he was on the phone with like a woman. Uh, that's most right. Of the yeah, time. he yeah. was doing that. Yeah. It, um, I just want to pause real quick just to in, inject an interesting fact. Hmm. Um, Argyle's character was expanded significantly because Bruce Willis was filming two movies at once and he was just exhausted. And so on the fly, uh, the screenwriter had to go and like flesh out other characters like Al, uh, the uh, LAPD sergeant. Carl Winslow. Carl Winslow. Yeah. Uh, they had to flesh out him and Argyle and then one other like terrorist, but Mm. like Argyle would not have had a significant part if Bruce Willis wasn't filming two movies. What was the other movie? Too lazy to to do his job. Moonlighting was the other movie. I never saw that. I've never heard of that. I I don't know. But I owe it a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think this is in the same universe as Family Matters? Probably. Oh yeah, I think so for sure. And Harry Potter. (laughs) Yeah. To kind of get back to my point, I was going to say, like, I, I think the biggest thing that I did really love about this was Hans Gruber was such a great villain. Oh, yeah. He's so fun to watch. Alan Rickman. Like, I honestly think that now I'm going to see Hans Gruber over Snape when I'm watching Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I think what makes him good, a good villain, is one, like, his drive is believable. But also he just plays like a regular person villain. It wasn't like he had anything special about him either. Like he made some mistakes. Yeah. And then got caught and then was able to just like snake his way through to to, to make it mm-hmm. until the very end, I guess. Nice pun. Like Slytherin. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of interesting that you mentioned that, Zach. Like I just pulled up real quick uh, Alan Rickman's IMDb profile mm-hmm. and his known for the very first thing isn't Harry Potter. It's Die Hard. Die Hard. Yeah. That's I think, crazy. I think it's what most people probably associate Alan Rickman. I thought Harry Potter. I think Potter the younger like, generation does Harry Potter, but the yeah. older generation does. They Die saw Hard. Harry Potter and they said, oh, there's Hans. Mm-hmm. I just kind of thought Harry Potter was like the biggest movie franchise of all time before we did Marvel. You know, like I, I just figured everybody would know it. Mm. I think everybody knows it, but I also think that a lot of people know Die Hard and Alan Rickman might have been one of the greatest action villains ever. And so like rather than like a sub character in Harry Potter, like he's the like kind of the main baddie uh-huh. steals the show in uh, Die Hard. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, let's uh, let's jump into the play by play a little bit. Scott, do you want to do you want to try and take us away? I, I will try my darndest there, Tyler. Uh, but as you know, I don't always recall things. <laughs> well, <laughs> also, you just recall like the, the, wrong the weirdest things. details. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just notice weird things. I do. And well, you know what? Some If they're not always right, at least it's what you recall. It's what I recall. Zach and I, a couple of weeks ago, were listening to uh, one of your episodes and you were just meandering through, oh, is the Patriot. Mm-hmm. And you were just really like meandering through that plot. Like it was. <laughs> yeah. And then there's other episodes where I just go through it really quick. Yeah. You just like, jump. I could honestly probably tell you the whole plot of this movie in like three minutes. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the thing with action movies is that there really isn't a ton of major plot. plot. Yeah, uh, it's just a lot of shooting and it's blowing up. And bad guy, good guy tries to defeat. Bad guy looks like he might win. Looks like he's about to win, yeah. And then good guy beats bad guy. That's sort of like 
through some reference back to something earlier in the movie. Yeah, typically. Yeah. Uh, well, so, I'll, I'll start it off, okay. and then and then it'll see if it like jogs your memory, puts you in the right frame yeah. of mind. So we start off uh, with uh, John McClane uh, is on a, a plane, right? Uh, yeah, on a plane, getting off the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he is traveling from New York City. He's a cop uh, in in uh, with the NYPD, and he is. Uh, uh, intending to like reconcile with his wife, his ex. Well, yeah. He also in this scene, and I just want to call. I think they're it still out. married. Yeah. They, oh, are they? Yeah. I just want to call it out because it led to my biggest uh, anxiety in the whole movie. Is Which he gets is some advice feet, that yeah. just ruins him for the rest of this some, movie? Some <laughs> Quentin Tarantino level yeah. advice. <laughs> he gets some advice from the guy next to it because he's afraid of flying. Yeah. It's, and he's like, when you get to where you're going, take your shoes off, and then make fists with your feet in the carpet. And uh, that's why he doesn't have shoes on this whole movie. Yeah, yeah, when he finally gets to where he's going, he does it. And he says it works. Yeah. But yeah. Then he doesn't have shoes on for the whole movie. Which is unfortunate because... There's a lot of broken glass. There's a lot movie. of broken glass in this movie. Uh, so he arrives uh, in, in uh, Los Angeles and is taken to uh, Nakatomi Plaza. It's my by, favorite plaza. By our, our favorite guy, Argyle. By our favorite guy, it's his, it's his first day on the job as a limo, limo driver. driver. Yeah. yeah, I did like when he's walking through the airport and he's just like, like, kind of like, in like weird wonder, and he's like, California. Like this is just what California is. <laughs> it's is like people airport. greeting each other at the airport. LAX. <laughs> <laughs> that's what most of California is like. Yeah. For those of you tots out there that aren't from California, that's exactly what California is like. Yeah. Just watch Die Hard. That that one little the scene whole the whole in movie LAX. actually. Oh, is what California is like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people who you think are terrorists who really just want money. Yeah, they're they're not terrorists; they're robbers. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so he Argyle agrees to like wait I'm gonna around. wait around yeah. to see if uh, your wife's gonna like you know warm up to you or not. And uh, uh, around the same time, while Argyle's just sitting waiting in the car. Uh, and John McClane and, and Holly like have a, what looks like it's going to be a reconciling moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, these uh, heavily armed non-terrorist terrorists <laughs> uh, storm in led by Hans Gruber, uh, who is a uh, like he was like a German radical. I thought I thought there was a scene they cut where Dumbledore gave him leave <laughs> to go. I'm, they I, did cut I, it. Yeah, that's the last one I'll do. You can keep doing it. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. I th- and it's important that they think they're terrorists because that becomes a plot point later. Right. Because they need the FBI to show up. Right. Yeah. They want the Gruber and his men want everyone to think that they're terrorists, uh, but they're not. They're there to steal bonds, mm-hmm. bearer bonds. Yep. Uh, well, McLean, uh, everyone gets rounded up uh, that's in the building except for John McLean. And uh, he starts creating a, a lot of chaos for these uh, would-be terrorists slash He starts robbers. taking them out one by one. Yeah. Well, I, doesn't he start, like, just trying to stay out of it? He, like, pulls a fire he, alarm? Well, he was trying to stay out of it, but he didn't pull a fire alarm until uh, his wife Holly's boss gets shot. Yeah. Like, at, at that point, he was like, okay, I need to do something. And he even, like, had that interior struggle of, like, man, I should have done something. I didn't do something. And then he's like, what, well, I'd be dead if I did do something, so... But yeah, from there he starts uh, taking them out one by one. I think he said there's like twelve of them, and 12. then like throughout the movie he keeps like the number keeps going up to how many are dead. Yeah, so uh, 
Theo, one of the bad guys who like was obviously not German, didn't even have like a German accent. <laughs> uh, Do any of them have German accents? A couple of them have. Bad Alan Richard puts yeah. a very poor one. The blonde on. guy was he trying right? to do a German? I just I Carl. Carl. As I think back to it, I feel like he was just doing his normal British accent. No, I don't think so. No, he was doing it. It's not his normal accent. It okay. was. I don't know what it was though. It was weird. It's it, what a, a an English person thinks a German person sounds exactly. like. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, so they uh, they start to try and break into this vault to steal uh, a bunch of money. I think it was like I don't know hundreds of millions it was, of it was dollars, like four hundred fifty million dollars. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like we said, McLean starts causing trouble. One of those things is he kills one of them, steals the radio, gets up to the tower, and is able to call out to LAPD dispatch, mm-hmm. who do not believe him that like this is like yeah. Yeah, they're like this is an emergency channel only. He's like, well, this is an emergency. <laughs> yeah. They're like, stop pranking us. And he's like, you, you already did a fire alarm. Right, now you're doing this. Like, right, stop. Like, we're going to send cops out to arrest you. And he's like, yes, please do. <laughs> That's what I'm asking. Anyone. All the cops. So they, they get me. Carl Winslow to come out. Yeah. He, Al Powell. He's Sergeant got a, Al Powell. He's got a pregnant wife that he's buying a bunch of Twinkies for. Yeah. All right. Well, that's yeah, what he right. says. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. There, but he, he knows every could, ingredient to a Twinkie. That could be another secondary pull. Like, do you think his wife's actually pregnant? He's really committed to that lie then, though, because he told. He t- uh, tells McLean. Yeah. Later. Well, you know. I'd like to think he's just super committed to the lie. Like someone was near him that he said that to before and he just has to like keep it up. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah, my wife's pregnant. Oh. Is he even married? We have to go back and look to see if there's a ring on his finger. Lots of cops don't uh, wear their wedding ring. Exactly. So we don't even really know if he's really married. We would never know. Wow. Uh, what about the play date. Yeah. The, the plot goes deep here. Yeah. So <laughs> Al Powell shows up and has a look around and decides there's nothing wrong here. And McLean throws a body of one of the, the men out the yeah. window. And then all hell breaks loose. Like suddenly they have like massive like M16 mounted machine guns, guns yeah. mounted guns. And, and they're just like Bruce Willis. I know they have that one scene where he's trying to take shoes and it's small shoes. But like, I feel like he should have tried everybody. That was my biggest. <laughs> it was the whole thing. I, the whole time I was like, put shoes on, man. You've killed eight people. One of them has to have big feet. <laughs> Like they have to just do it. They were all small Germans, dude. <laughs> Actually, uh, uh, I think it was more than half of the villains were over six feet tall. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is just kind of random, but like, mm. yeah they 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 specifically like cast people to look menacing. Uh, so they're supposed to be all Germans. Um, none of them were German, and only like two or three of them spoke really broken German. Uh, but yeah, they were just cast because they looked like scary, intimidating henchmen. Yeah. I'll tell you what, they all know Schnell. And they all know Schnell. I learned Schnell, some German Schnell. from this movie. <laughs> so, uh, Powell calls in reinforcements, SWAT, uh, and they, you know, the SWAT team gets shot up, mm-hmm. uh, because the, the, uh, Chief no one's is listening not, to McLean and what he's saying. Yeah. yeah, the chief is not paying attention to McLean or Powell. It was like the assistant chief or something. Yeah, right? maybe the assistant chief. And uh, then they send in a uh, like a artillery, yeah, yeah, an armored vehicle, and then they bring out some crazy like rocket, rocket launcher. launchers at it. Yeah, yeah. load up twice. <laughs> yeah, hit him again. Send one more. 
Well, and then John also drops a big bomb down the elevator. C4, yeah, mm-hmm. he drops it. Like, I think most of their C4 down the yeah, elevator. Yeah, the assistant chief at multiple times makes references thinking that he's involved, like he's one of the terrorists, and yeah. this is all just a ploy. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Ellis then, uh, like, things are getting crazy, and so Ellis, this, uh, like, co-worker of Holly who was hitting on her at the beginning of the movie right mm-hmm. decides and like, doing drugs in her office yeah, yeah snorting coke off her desk yeah real interesting character uh decides that he's a salesman and so he's going to sell Hans Gruber into like letting them go kind of a thing like mm-hmm. he's going to be a hostage negotiator he thinks he's a big deal and he's not and he gets murdered he gets shot right in the face <laughs> Hans Bubby Bubby. Yeah, so that was, uh, he he says that, he calls him, he says, Hans Bubby, and in the reaction shot, you can see Hans Gruber make, like, a strange face. That was actually Alan Rickman, like, being thrown off because the guy just improvised calling him Bubby. (laughs) And, like, like Alan Rickman was like, what? (laughs) But they left it in. I thought it was good. Also, throughout the whole movie, uh, we keep cutting back to Argyle and the limo, just, just be <laughs> still there. He's having a grand old time. Yeah, just he's having even so a, much fun. He's not even a little bit bored. He's been there for no. hours. <laughs> it's like it's the middle of the night. It's probably like two in the morning now, and he it was still light outside. How, how do the limos work? Does he work for a company? Is he getting paid by the hour? I assume. I'm so. assuming so. Yeah, I assume like they're paying him to take McLean around, and if McLean told him to wait, then he's like, all right, I'm just gonna pretend like McLean drank all this alcohol and made all these calls. <laughs> <laughs> I think he even says something like that. Like, they think I'm driving to Vegas or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, he makes some comment like, oh, like. I'm Why just... do they think he's driving to Vegas? I don't know. That's probably his next thing. <laughs> yeah, it was like his next thing. Like, I don't know. He'd still have to do that thing. <laughs> yeah, right. I think Argyle's going to get fired. After <laughs> it's Argyle's first day on the job, all right? First day and last. It's, his, it's his first day on the job, and he's pulling stuff like this. <laughs> I know, right? With such confidence, too. Yeah, not yeah. even like, I don't know if I can do this, yeah. but I'm just going to like, no, I'm, I'm going to do this. All this stuff. <laughs> so uh, uh, we several bad guys have been taken out by McLean at this point, and it's just sort of like this uh, cat and mouse game throughout the building. Mm-hmm. This is where we had like the interaction between the two of them. They don't know each other's names. Or he knows Hans's name, but Hans doesn't know his name. Right, right. And... Uh, and at one point, uh, Hans decides to go check on the explosives that are attached to the roof of the building. Mm-hmm. And when he gets up there, McLean catches him. Mm-hmm. And Alan Rickman has the worst change of accent ever. Like, still very recognizable. Like, oh, yeah. uh, I would have known that was Gruber, for yeah. sure. Yeah, but uh, McLean plays it off like he doesn't know, and he gives uh, Gruber a gun, and Gruber fires it at him, but... It was. It was a little disappointing of a scene because I remember thinking like this initial idea is a really good idea. I've never seen a villain kind of do that before, Mm -hmm. but his accent was just so bad. Yeah. Oh, like this could have been a really interesting. But that was part of it. It was the it was the poor accent that gave it away that he was one of the. I know. I I know. I thought what gave it away was that he was just reading names off the list. Uh, on that like marquee or whatever of people that should have been there. Oh, maybe. Uh, And then he looked at it and then he's like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. Could have been. Uh, so interest, this might like change your opinion a little bit. Well, mm-hmm. m- maybe not change your opinion, but soften it. Mm-hmm. That was Alan Rickman's very first scene in a movie ever. 
That was the first scene that they shot. That one. That scene was the first scene that they shot in the movie. And it was unrehearsed because they wanted them to feel, uh, the director wanted them to feel a little awkward and not know how to interact with each other. Mm. Uh, But yeah, that was Alan Rickman's very first film scene shot. Cool. And he uh, uh, injured his leg. Like he like, Cause he like jumps down from like a three foot ledge or something, but he jacks up his knee. And so the whole rest of the movie the, of like shooting the movie, they have to shoot him like as much not walking as possible, like standing still or sitting down. Like, uh, but it was just because he had this massive like knee brace on, hmm. but, uh, the, uh, Hans's co-conspirators sort of save him. Come in. Yeah. Come through the elevator right at that time. Yeah. And I feel like if I was McLean at that point, I would have shot as I was leaving and just taken out Gruber there. Yeah, I don't know. That was my biggest gripe with the whole movie was this scene because I was like, you knew who he was. You could have just killed you him. You should have just killed him, yeah. yeah. Like, you don't need to toy with him. Like, just get out of there. Also, Because um, you already killed, like, seven of them at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But another thing, too, is that, like, throughout this entire movie, they're playing Christmas music. <laughs> yeah, it is a Christmas movie. Yeah. It was uh what was it? Well, they were he, were they playing? Yeah. The theme like the theme of the uh um of the villains is uh Ode to Joy by Beethoven. It is. Yeah. Like Alan Rickman's like whistling it several times and like any time that like we see them that's their that's their theme is is Ode to Joy. If it was if they, if it was a Christmas movie, they would have released in December or at least November. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the defining factor? It has to be released during Christmas. I, I'm just grasping at straws. <laughs> I, like, I, I would make that claim because I don't. I would have to, you'd have to go back and look at all the things we classify typically as Christmas movies uh-huh. and see whether or not they were yeah. actually released around Christmas. It'd be an interesting study to see like cl- what is a Christmas movie. I don't know if I would call that an interesting study. <laughs> <laughs> it's more just gathering some data that's already available. That's what a study is. It's interesting study. Oh, man. Well, uh, uh, they shoot out the glass, and, and McLean has to, like, run away on broken glass, and now his, like, feet, feet are, are all, all messed tore up. up. Yeah. And uh, he's talking to Powell on the radio and, and like you kind of feel this moment with McLean where he's like, he doesn't think he's going to make it. Like he, Mm-mm. he's pretty certain he's not going to make it out of this alive. And we get like a real moment from uh, Mr. Winslow. What's Maybe his name? real. Al Powell. Powell. Al Powell. If his wife even exists. Yeah. Where you find out that he's just like uh, a desk job type cop he, he doesn't work the streets anymore he was just out getting stuff and he was on his way back home because he had formerly like shot a kid yeah and he doesn't want to ever like use his gun which comes up at the very end of the movie yeah yeah uh when he shoots another kid <laughs> yeah uh that's the moral of the story is like don't be afraid to shoot people <laughs> so steve zisu must have seen this movie that's yeah. what i was thinking when i was watching it <laughs> yeah he he actually is the uh, narrator Bill Murray. Yeah. Yeah. No, Steve Z. Steve, Steve Z himself. Yeah. <laughs> so FBI finally arrives uh, and they're, you know, detective or not detective agent and special agents Johnson. No unrelated. Related. I thought that no was kind of funny. Like yeah. a funny joke. Funny. The yeah. unrelated part. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty funny. Uh, and then like at another point it's on the phone, it's like, this is agent Johnson. No, the other one. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like they like 
played into that a little bit. Uh, but they go through their uh, FBI terrorist playbook, yeah. which is exactly what Gruber wanted. Yeah, he based his entire plan off of them going through that playbook. Because they were going to shut down the power and disable this electromagnetic lock field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the, they, the vault opens and they're, they're starting to pack away the money. And uh, also around this point, uh, the, the news kind of gets involved and they accidentally mm-hmm. Give reveal John's identity. Well, John's identity and the most importantly that his wife is Holly Gennaro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like this news guy's the worst. He's like, I'm oh. going to push in and interview his children and <laughs> yeah. then I'm going to put this picture of. Well, and he threatens to yeah. deport yeah. the nanny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Real, real class act of a journalist, mm-hmm. you know. And then he gets punched in the face at the end of the movie. He does by Holly. It was a great, line, great scene, great moment. Uh, so uh, uh, we uh, we sort of have like now, like we're coming to the end of things. There are only a couple of bad guys left. They're about to get away, and uh, John is about to tell Powell that the roof is a double cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole thing. They'd made a demand that the hostages were going to come and they were going to pick them up in helicopters. Right. Yeah. But they had wired the roof yeah. to explode. So as soon as the helicopters get there, they were going to blow up the roof. And the FBI was trying to double cross at this time too. Right. Because they brought attack choppers, not, not armored choppers. Yeah. Not, 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 they were going to attack. They weren't going to, they weren't going in to rescue civilians. Nope. I think they said like, oh, maybe we'll lose a quarter of the hostages. Right. That's yeah. acceptable to me. And they make like, they like laugh about it. Yeah. 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 yeah they were some real great FBI agents. And uh, so John McClane's trying to get them all to leave the roof because he knows it's going to blow up. So right. he starts shooting in the air to scare people back down right as the helicopter shows up. So they think he's one of the Germans. So they start shooting at him. Yeah. And he jumps off the building to like slide into another window on mm-hmm. a, on a fire hose. Fire hose, yeah. And he's like tying himself, and I'm like, John, that's not, that knot is not going to hold if you drop. <laughs> like, you're just better off just holding on. Don't do it, John. Don't do it. Uh, but in order to get up to the roof, I guess we forgot to mention that he strangles Carl. You remember yeah. the big blonde mm-hmm. guy? Because <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like, the cop? No. From Family Matters? <laughs> not Winslow. When no. did that happen? Yeah, yeah. Carl's the German. The yeah. German. So he like, he like strings him up by a chain and just mm-hmm. leaves him for dead. And then, hanging. Yeah, yeah, hanging. And uh, they, uh, he ends up confronting McLean. I'm skipping maybe a little bit, but yeah. McLean ends up confronting Hans. The part you're skipping is just, you know, shooting action. Yeah, exactly. Shooting, more action, more shooting. More uh, glass. More, more broken glass. <laughs> more, no more shoes. Though. No more shoes. Zero, <laughs> Zero shoes. shoes. <laughs> I dare say too few shoes. <laughs> too, too few. Too, too few. Yeah. Uh, he confronts Gruber and uh, has a gun taped to his back uh, and ends up waiting for his moment to shoot. They had such a weird shot like right before then where they like zoomed in on the table and I was like, is that like wrapping paper and stuff? Why did they zoom in on that? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. But anyways, it was There's because of the tape. Because of the tape. The tape. Oh, but I, right. I was questioning it for like the whole standoff. I was like, what? It, t- it took me out of that moment. What importance like, wh- does this yeah. have? Yeah. Uh, and Gruber is falling out the window and trying to take Holly with him. And he like pulls up his gun like he's about to shoot McLean. And McLean l- l- releases the, the watch that Holly was wearing. Mm-hmm. And Alan Rickman falls to his death. I thought he flew and away he- like a bat. <laughs> no, he dies hard. 
He dies. He died really hard. Is that why they hard. call it that? It's, that's the only, uh, that's yeah. the only like thing that points to die hard. Like I think it has to be. Yeah. Why else would it was be? Was him hitting the ground thirty feet or thirty stories from the air? No one else dies as hard as Hans does. That's true. That's what's making him such soft. a great villain. Yeah, is how hard he can die. How hard? Yeah. Well, and then uh, maybe the the even harder death is as they're leaving. So uh, McLean and McLean and Holly end up going out, and they like meet Powell. And then Carl comes back. Like, I don't know how he survived hanging there for several minutes at least. And got back down and came back out through the front without cops, like, questioning him. Or right. That holding I, his big yeah, gun. I hated that part. And I hated that Powell shot him. Like, it was like, it just. It's the redemption story yeah. for him. Yeah. It, that felt like when they jumped the shark. You didn't think <laughs> that that was really wholesome? No. I'd agree with that. The was movie would have been be better wholesome? without no. that. Yeah. yeah exactly. I agree. I, I agree. Stupid. Yeah. They could have still left the story with him being a desk jockey but and yeah the, yeah that's fine yeah and lying about his wife and stuff yeah yeah <laughs> i would love it if instead of that scene we get a scene of him coming home and just <laughs> to an empty Twinkies. house and a bunch of twins he lives in a one-bedroom apartment <laughs> yeah, just, like a studio ends yeah. on this super depressing note <laughs> <laughs> he's just like all right <laughs> but he's happy about it oh like, he's thrilled <laughs> because he at a, a certain point he lists every ingredient yeah. in a twinkie and yeah. he says everything a grown boy needs yeah <laughs> Uh, and then the, like you said, Scott, the, the reporter arrives and like, I think asks them a question, like, Mm -hmm. how do you feel or something? And then Holly just punches him in the nose. Mm -hmm. It was a great moment. I loved it. And then Argyle just drives out of the building. Like because the cops are upset at him and point guns at him. Yeah. They didn't to Carl. Yeah. No, not to Carl. Yeah. Argyle had a, his hero moment that we completely forgot about. Oh, right. The the lock breaker has come down and then he's, he's doing something like, uh, in the van and then Argyle just rams him with the limo and then he comes in and knocks him out. That's right. Because, uh, uh, John McClane takes out 11 of the 12 Mm -hmm. and Argyle Argyle takes takes out out one. We don't know if he died or not. I know. I mean, but he, if he did die, it wasn't hard. No, (laughs) no, he died soft. No, because he just got punched in the face once. Yeah. That hit was in no way as hard as Alan Rickman hitting the ground. (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) That's true. But that was like my call out from the beginning. I was like, this guy is going to have a is going to do something to help by the end of the movie as soon as i saw him so argyle drives through the garage and uh mclean goes no don't you he's with me and then they just get in the limo like no debriefing yeah, no just, no like, question drive off into the sunrise <laughs> <laughs> like they could have had some of the bonds right <laughs> yeah in fact it could have been their ploy the i'd like time. to think that argyle because theo was getting away with a an an, an amount of the bonds mm-hmm. i would like to imagine that argyle took it Maybe this whole thing was Argyle's idea. Like he was the funds behind this. Oh, and this right. was kind of like him doing like the Joker, like taking everyone else out and then getting all of it for himself. Let's let's pitch a Die Hard Six, in which we go full circle. That that Argyle was always the main baddie. The main oh, baddie. I thought you were gonna say like we we pitch a new Die Hard where we tell Die Hard one, but from the point of view of Argyle. No, and we see him mastermind, and he yeah. was the bad guy the whole time. Yeah, he, yeah. he mastermind. It'll be we get like a segment at the beginning where we see that and how he's been doing it for every single Die Hard. Oh, okay. And then it brings us to the present where John finally has to fight Argyle. Yeah. yeah, who is also his best friend throughout this entire series. It'll be called yeah. Die Hardest. Yeah, Die Hardest. The Argyling. <laughs> <laughs> the Argyling. 
Oh man, that's that is a solid title. I would watch that. Uh, so there are a couple of things that I forgot to mention earlier. Uh, the one of them uh, is that this was Alan Rickman's first film, which yeah. is kind of a big deal. Uh, he was forty-one at the time and had never been in a movie. Was he an actor the whole time? Yeah, he was a uh, British television and stage actor. Okay, and uh, so the director uh, Tiernan McTiernan. Uh, discovered Alan Rickman. He was just attending a play in which Alan Rickman was playing the villain, and he was like, that's my Hans Gruber. Uh, that's almost as impressive as Seth Rogen's film debut. <laughs> <laughs> almost. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, I, what I, someone argue that Seth, nice Rogen, Seth Rogen executed his first line better. Yeah, I would say so. Because he didn't have a botched accent. Mm-hmm. It was that's more true. convincing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool that, you know, we talked about a few weeks ago that, like, uh, what was it? Uh, the Patriot is the reason why we have uh, the Dark Knight. And legitimately, truly, Die Hard is the reason why we have Severus Snape in the way that we know him, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I mentioned it. I might have, but uh, no, I did. That I think I did. It might have been off... off uh, Mike, though, that uh, this was actually, this blew me away. This was a novel, a 1979 novel mm-hmm. uh, by Roger, Roderick Thorpe uh, called Nothing Lasts Forever. And it was like a very successful, I guess, American novel um, in its day. Uh, and I read some of the plot of the book, and it is pretty darn close to this movie. Like, they didn't change a whole lot for the movie. Wow. Yeah. Uh, they just like changed Hans's first name. They reduced how much Christmas was in it, though. A much less Christmas. It was a Christmas book. It was not yeah. a Christmas it was book. Nothing less forever, especially Christmas 1979. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this was not a Christmas book. However, once again, definitely a Christmas movie. Uh, how about recasting? You guys have anything? I have a thought. I okay. think that you. I want to really bring up Argyle's part. Mm-hmm. And then recast him as somebody a little bit bigger, you know, like a, you do like a, like, like Chris Tucker and you have this be like a nice buddy cop movie with Argyle and, and John McClane. Oh, okay. Like he's an undercover. Yeah. Or, or more like Die Hard 3 where Samuel L. Jackson is not a cop, but they play buddy cop. Mm. Yeah. More yeah. like that. Something like that. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> well, at, coming out of both, uh, Inglorious and Django, I would love to see somehow oh. Christoph Waltz in this. Yes. As I don't know Hans. if I would. I don't. That's where I don't know because I really do like um, Rickman as Hans. So I don't know how I do it. I would maybe change it a little bit and have it kind of be like two friends that are b- like both heading up this thing and kind of maybe even add just another character into the story. I just feel like next to Christoph Waltz, Alan Rickman's shoddy German accent would just stick out even worse. Yeah. I don't yeah. think you could have them side by side. Alan Rickman would have to play a British guy at that point. <laughs> maybe that's what you do. You change him to Hans and change Alan Rickman to a different bad guy. I think Christoph would play an excellent Hans Gruber though. I oh, do yeah. too. Yeah, I really do. There's not a single like... German dude in a movie that I wouldn't I wouldn't say like oh you could put Christoph, Christoph would be better yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be interesting to see him do it because what we talked about in both of those episodes is how Christoph Waltz is the like mastermind knows exactly what's happening and that's kind of what Hans was trying to be but this guy kept messing it up for him mm-hmm. 
And so it'd be interesting to see Christoph Waltz playing a frustrated one of those characters. Like, I have these plans and it was working perfectly, but this person keeps messing it up. Mm. It'd be interesting to see that that dynamic. I don't think I can think of anyone better suited to be John McClane than Bruce Willis, to be honest. I think I would have... What about uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt? <laughs> or his <laughs> brother. look... Jason. Like, he could play Jason. his son. Yeah, or him. Like, if there was like some kind of, like, time travel yeah. thing where you have to, like, kill he someone. Play yeah. himself. Yeah. I yeah. forgot that that's actually... <laughs> <a new word>. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, I think... Uh, isn't... isn't uh, What's his name? Jeff Daniels in that movie? Dumb and Dumber? What's his name? Jeff yeah. Daniels. Yeah, Jeff he Daniels. is in... Yeah. I, that just always shocks me to see him in a, in a not... Role that's not uh, what's his name? Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, Lloyd. Harry. Really, Harry? Because most of them he's are done. He's not. done way more <laughs> no. serious credits. I've seen him in this, and I've seen him in I've seen him in that, and I've seen him in Speed. Mm. And that's it. You should watch Newsroom. You really should. I've seen an episode of Newsroom, or just a lot of other movies. He's in mm, a lot of movies. I don't want to though. Okay. Fair you enough. I would, this is the wrong podcast for you if you don't want to watch a lot of movies. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to watch a lot of those Jeff Daniels movies. You can make me. That's I, true. We have that power. I would recast John McClane as Kevin James. Okay. <laughs> and make it take place in a mall. Yeah. Okay. And change his name to Paul Blart. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Uh-huh. But he's just a mall cop. He's not like a... He's not a police officer from New York. Yeah, exactly. He's a mall cop from New York. Oh, so he, yeah, he's yeah. a mall cop from New York in town on business. And make this uh, yeah, just... In make town, Paul yeah. Blart be a prequel to this. Yeah. Oh, so he gets in shape. Yes. And then... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's it the, changes his was name. Was there a sequel to Paul Blart? Yeah. I feel like yeah. there was a there Paul was, Blart too. So right they're now. both prequels. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's good. Yeah. That would really make a lot of Paul Blart Mall Cop 3 after Die Hardest the Argyling. Mm-hmm. And it's him oh, just okay. dealing with all this PTSD and he like can't be like a present father to his daughter. He's, and there's oh, no yeah, action. It's kids. just all like really heavy character drama. And yeah. it's Kevin James with, with Kevin James off. or Bruce Willis. Kevin James. Okay. Instead of calling it Die Hard, you call it Eat Hard. Mm. Oh, so yeah. he gets fat again. Yeah, he gets fat again. Another oh. recast I I might consider is Macaulay Culkin as uh, <laughs> John McClane and Joe Pesci as Hans. So I really like the idea. I'm gonna just ignore that for a second. Uh, <laughs> I really like the idea of calling it Eat uh, Eat Hard instead of Die Hard because he still keeps the line Yippee Kaye. Because in Urdu, that translates to here, eat this. Mm. Also, it, we could finally address Al's Twinkie problem in this one. Too. Yes. True. He's been eating oh, hard yes. the whole he, time. He eats no. too hard. Al died a long time ago. Yeah. Diabetes. He left no, 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 may, uh, maybe the, a fatherless child. That's <laughs> the plot of Die Hard 2 is eat too hard. Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Well, uh, let's, uh, sp- oh, any, any favorite lines, favorite parts? I, I think uh, we've done them. There but. was one that I thought about just now that we didn't talk about, but it just made me laugh when the, the FBI agents are in the chopper. Yes. And then he yells, he's like, it's just like in Saigon. And then the other Johnson's like, I never went to Saigon. No, no, no. He he's says, like, I was, I, yeah, I wasn't, I was like, I wasn't born. No, he says I was in junior high. You yeah. idiot. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, that's pretty funny. <laughs> There's one kind of funny part that we didn't talk about either in when, um, the uh the reporter gets permission to go like cover the story mm-hmm. and we're watching these like news anchors do you know which yeah, part I'm talking about? he's like we're live yeah, yeah yeah that part but then also one of them goes like just like helsinki and the other guy goes like oh yeah norway <laughs> yeah like, a pause, like actually finland and then they <laughs> continue with their conversation 
That was pretty funny. Norway. Mm, Norway. Finland. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, let's spin up those servers. Zach, what would you give this movie? Uh, 7.7 made up families. All right. Dude. Scott. I will give this 7.6 uh, non-German German terrorists slash non-terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> could you repeat that? Could you could you diagram that for me, please? Yeah, 7.6 <laughs> uh, German not German terrorists not terrorists. Okay. Jake? One more time, but let me hear the music in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wait, what was his name? <laughs> Dominic De Coco. Dominic, Dominic De Coco. De Coco. <laughs> 7.7 De <laughs> How did we miss that? <laughs> um, I, it's crazy. I'm also going to give it a 7.7. Just messed up feet from glass. <laughs> All right. And I'm going to give this uh, 7.5 wives who go by their maiden last name. I have a question before we wrap because I've never seen another Die Hard movie. Does he not wear shoes in the rest of them? Is that like Yeah, a, that's one of the major plot it, yeah. points in all of them is no shoes. I, I figured... He actually is not wearing shoes in the very beginning of Die Hard 3 because he's also wearing no other clothes. So he, oh, okay. Yeah. I say, I, did he learn his he's lesson? naked? And then in Die Hard 5, he's wearing, he's underwear. wearing just shoes. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> the whole movie, he's just the wearing shoes? Yeah. Just shoes. Okay. He was in the shower when it happened, and then he never has a chance to get Oh, uh, but it had he, he learned in the because shower. he has, he just always has shoes ready to go. Also, yeah. I feel like you would actually like some of the later diehards even more because it gets more and more um, in the style of like Transformers, just like ridiculous things happening. That's what I like to hear. Like yeah. at one point in Die Hard 4 or 5, he uh, jumps a police car over a like toll booth into a helicopter and blows up the helicopter. <laughs> and then at, at another so point, cool. he like jumps on from a building onto a fighter jet and he's like <laughs> walking on the fighter jet. Why did you guys make me watch this one? <laughs> <laughs> like they get more and more ridiculous. Yeah, they really do. It's pretty good. Well, you guys, uh, just as a reminder, the other guys gave this an 80%. IMDb gave it a 7.8. And this movie on Rotten Potatoes is a 76%. Pretty much unanimously. I mean, we were all within uh, two points of each other. Yeah, or 0.2 of each other. Uh, two-tenths of a point. So, not bad, 76%. Um, this is certainly not the best movie we've seen, certainly not the worst. Uh, it did a little bit better than 500 Days of Summer and The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Uh, and How was it compared to Napoleon Dynamite? Once again, way better than Napoleon Dynamite, which was a 27%. <laughs> I, I think we should keep that check-in. <laughs> like, just every time. like Just whenever we do ratings. Like, like, like we're just like, all right, where does it fall between uh, Inglorious Bastards and Napoleon. and Napoleon Dynamite? Yeah, yeah. And it's about, uh, you know, three quarters of the way toward... I'd call it a Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, make sure to uh, uh, follow us on Rotten Potato Pod and uh, let Smash us know what you that think. Subscribe button. Yippee ki nay or yippee ki yay on uh, Christmas movie. Die Hard being a Christmas movie, and make sure to uh, uh, watch our next movie with us. Uh, Short Term Twelve. It's going to be my nomination, and uh, it should be not a fun time. Yeah, I'm <laughs> bummed already. Yeah, and, and, and once again, uh, just shout out to our sponsor, Great Value Mountain Trail Mix. <laughs> Uh, if you are looking for a tasty snack on the go, that is the great snack to pick up. Why didn't you play him off? <laughs> what are you talking about? 
Why would we, you interrupt we already, the ad copy? I can't interrupt already, my ad copy. We already did what Walmart paid us for. No, no they paid us for two. They paid us for two? Yes. They paid us for two. Well, that was like five seconds. Yeah, and all that money goes to Dan, okay? Dan, you're welcome for all the money. Dan, you need to start doing more for us. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, do you have any final thoughts for Dan before we uh, click off? Hello. Yeah, now that I think about it...